This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. What's up, Knicks fans? It's a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can find the best tickets at the best prices for all your favorite sporting events using SeatGeek. Right, Barry? That's right, SeatGeek. Use promo code HARDKNICKSLIFE, all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. I love doing those, Barry. Favorite part of the show. I know you love it. It is a hard Knicks life. Barry, this is episode... 52. 52. In the early 90s, I and many others fell in love with a team that embodied everything our city stood for. The toughness, the heart, the fight... But we've fallen on hard times, and we went from throwing the punches to taking them. The New York Knicks are irrelevant to basketball. Hey, Ernest, why are we showing the Knicks? (laughs) Yet through it all, my commitment hasn't wavered. I watch every game hoping that one day, just maybe, that team that didn't back down from anybody, that team that shook the garden every time it played, that team that I fell in love with, returns. But until that day, it's a hard Knicks life. What's up, boys? This is Manny from Stanford, and it's a hard Knicks life. What's up, Barry? How you doing, Craig? It's very conservative. How you doing, Craig? That's my professional. How you doing, Craig? On today's show, we're going to be talking to NBA insider Jared Zwirling. He's been everywhere. He's been at ESPN, the NBA, SI, Bleacher Report. Uh, the list goes on and on. And he's going to talk Knicks with us. We're going to talk about Ennis Cantor's appearance on The Herd with Colin Cower today. Michael Beasley leaving us for L.A. The Fizdales are heading to Latvia. Or maybe they're already there. Do you know, Barry? I don't know. I uh, don't have their itinerary in front of me. <laughs> is, it I- is it itinerary or is it itinerary? It's itinerary, Barry. It's not itinerary? Itinerary. Itinerary? Itinerary sounds like some sort of tin brewery. Itinerary. It sounds like a medical procedure. When you hit 40, you should get an itinerary. Very important. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm very scared of getting the itinerary. It's a very um, invasive procedure. Sounds very invasive. Evasive or invasive? Invasive. I will be evasive for the itinerary. The procedure is very invasive. It hurts. (laughs) Dude. So we're we're a day late on the show. Yeah, well, sometimes you got to make sacrifices. We had to shift some things around because Jared had some things come up, and uh, because of that, Barry, what's your situation at home right now? Is everything cool? You told me that you were going to be you were a little nervous because you were watching the kids and doing the show at the same time. Yeah, like once a month, my wife has this meeting she's got to go to, and it's 
you know, it's like a, it's late at night when we do our podcast. Um, and it happens to be tonight while we're doing our podcast. So I put the kids to bed already. Um, so I'm down in the basement while the kids are sleeping upstairs. And, you know, they're young, like eight and six. So sometimes one of the two of them will wake up, you know, scared for no reason, like kids do. Um, and like, yeah, I'm wondering if my daughter's going to come down and like, you know, <laughs> screaming or knocking on the door looking for me because she thinks there's nobody home. So what is this meeting about? Do I really have to get into it? <laughs> no, you don't have to. Are you missing basketball as much as me? Yeah, yeah, I kind of am. Dude, I missed it so much the other day on a Sunday, I think. I was watching those slam dunk marathons on NBA TV. Yeah, I caught that. I turned it on uh, for, I think it was like the 19, it was the Spud Webb, when Spud Webb won. It was like 1985, yeah, 1986. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was watching with my son. Yeah, my son that morning asked to watch basketball, which is a huge moment for me. Right. I've been waiting for that moment forever. And of course, I'm like, dude, it's like 1030 in the morning on a Sunday during the off season. I don't think there's any basketball. I didn't have any preseason games on the DVR. But luckily, the slam dunk contest was on and I was watching the Kenny Skywalker one. Right. That's I think I bailed just before that one came on because I, you know, already watched like three in a row. Dude, so Skywalker was pretty good in it as far as like the athleticism compared to today, but the rest of them, <laughs> like Spud Webb, one of the Spud Webb's dunk in that slam dunk contest was he just threw the ball up and bounced, you know, it bounced and he dunked it in with two hands. And that was the extent of it. And they went nuts. They went nuts for it. <laughs> yeah. They grade on a curve for Spud Webb because the fact he's five foot seven and he gets, you know, so much air to dunk it. He just like gets like an automatic additional five points for every dunk. I don't even think it was related to the five foot seven. They kept talking about how the coordination and timing it takes to throw the bounce the ball up like that and to catch it and dunk it is incredible. <laughs> he <laughs> and did comparing have springs it, for legs. That's for sure. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. Okay. I mean, 5'7", think about that. Can you even touch the rim? And you're like, what, 5'10", 5'11"? What? I'm not 5'10", 5'11". What are you? I'm 5'7", at best, Barry. You're 5'7"? Get yeah. out of here. Wow. I, I, I put 5'8 on my driver's license, but I'm pretty sure. You know what? I think I'm, maybe I'm 5'8", but I put 5'9 on my IDs. <laughs> you're like a kid out of college trying to get drafted. Padding I get that extra feet. inch, you know. <laughs> right. When they asked you your height, I was like, mm, I think I can get away with 5'9". <laughs> you pull it off. I'm telling you, you had me fooled. Ennis Cantor on the herd today. Ennis Cantor of the Knicks is joining us on a Monday. Yes. Yes. Oh, man, I just want to shake your hand, man. Big fan first. What do you think about that? He wore his Knicks jersey <laughs> That's on the exactly show. where I was going. <laughs> Who that the exactly fuck does that? Do you know any other athlete that does that? You know, no, no shirt underneath his, either. Just, just his, right. uh, his from own his waist, Knicks jersey. From his waist up, he was in his Knicks uniform. Like, he didn't even have a T-shirt on, underneath. You know, maybe if you're, like, a rookie that was just drafted and, like, you're still, like, just, like, really excited and you just want to wear that jersey. But even that's a stretch because it kind of comes off pretty lame. Of course, he starts off that interview talking about how super teams are ruining the NBA. You think super teams hurt the NBA? I think so. Why? Because like now, if you look at it, they only, they only got like five, six teams, and that's it. The old other teams are trying to uh, build something. And then now, like, we kind of tell who's going to play the finals next year. And then 10 minutes later, 
He's saying this. When you're going to play at MSG, make sure you got your new kicks, you got your fresh haircut, you Hold look on. good. <laughs> Talking about how you need to have a fresh haircut and kicks when you're playing at MSG. But he also said, pardon me, Barry, but he also said this. You text players in us. Okay. Kyrie's interested. Yes, he is. Mm, can you and con- not just him. Jimmy they Butler's Jimmy interested. Butler. And you know what? Why not Kevin Durant? Well, no, no, let's not go crazy on this. You, okay. You, hey, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my shot. You never know. But, do you uh, think they are genuinely interested? Uh, yes, I, yes, I think so. Because, well, it's the best city in the world. To me, now, I think. That's just opinion, though. Do you believe Kyrie and Jimmy are talking? Yes. And I, I, the Knicks have a really, really high chance to get them next offseason. I believe that. And I promise that I think they will. Dude, he said the Knicks have a really, really high chance to get Kyrie and Butler next offseason. <laughs> Look, aside from his wardrobe, I think he came off very likable this whole interview. I just find it funny that he was talking about how super teams are killing the NBA. And then right. by the end, he's talking about how Durant, <laughs> Butler, and Kyrie, at least Kyrie and Butler, there's a really high chance they come. And he said it so matter-of-factly, like, yes, they're talking about coming to New York. Does Ennis strike you as the guy that is in the know with these other players? I can't see that, no. <laughs> no me neither. But he's in the know. He thinks there's a really high chance they come. <laughs> Michael Beasley, Barry. Michael Beasley. Has left us. Yep. He was a fan favorite for the short for the one year he was here. Right, right. But I don't think it was much of a surprise that he was going to uh, go somewhere else. I mean, there was a lot of talk that he may uh, leave the team you know, towards the end of last season. Now, we all knew once the Knicks signed Hazonia, we knew he was gone. But it is sad in a way. He had a great year for us. He really picked the team up when KP went down for a bit offensively. Remember the chance of MVP for Beasley, Barry? Michael Beasley, no question. He can score as an Oklahoma City Thunder so this past Saturday night. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he had like those, you know, those shining moments you know, sporadically throughout the uh, throughout the season when, yeah, he would just go off. Uh, he had some games where he could not be stopped. Yeah, it was crazy. Even with all those great games he had for us, the best of Beasley happened off the court. You can research the human brain and da-da-da, right? Okay. It says that the like we are only capable of using 10% of our brain. So who was the guy that used 11 that made it okay? okay to say everybody just using 10. You know, Barry, it's interesting that Beasley is no longer on the team because last year he got so much playing time over some of the younger guys. It's clear this year that Fisdale and Perry and Mills are making the young guys a priority. They could have easily said, Barry, that they want to try and bring back Beasley just because we're going to need the offense to come from somewhere while KP is out. Right. Yep, but that's not what it's about. They're all in on these younger guys. Yeah, it's another small but good chess move, you know, in, in this game that they're playing. For as much as we liked Beasley, I love that he's gone. And I love that we're barely talking about Courtney Lee as if he's not even on the team. I know. Yet he was, a, you know, a starting, he was a starting two guard, the, you know, basically the entire season. All you hear about is these young guys. I don't even know if we're, any of these vets are going to play. We'll have to wait and see. Today was an important day. I'm not sure, Barry, but I'm fairly confident that David Fisdale and his wife headed to Latvia today. Today's Monday. We're doing the show Monday to see Chris Stapps and his family for the first time. Is that right? Is it right? (laughs) What do you mean? It's weird because nobody is like 
no one's really talking about it. Well, what do you what do you think? They have a camera crew with them, that, you know, going over there. He said all along since like the first day at the press conference, what was the line? I got the jet running um, when they asked him. So we knew he was going to go over there at some point. You know, obviously, I'm, you know, they've been talking a lot. But yeah, I mean, he had to do it. He had to go over there. There's nothing doing. Right I was checking Instagram and Twitter all day, just waiting for some picture of KP eating breakfast with Fizdale or something. Yeah, and I'm sure KP's camera crew, if they're still shooting his documentary, I'm sure they're all over it, you know, at least most of it. What do you think they're doing over there right now? Um, what's the weather like in Latvia? I don't know. Let's look it up. Put it up in my uh, iPhone here. Get me that, because, I mean, if it's hot, I mean, yeah. Is it, uh, are they, you know, is Natasha going to the beach? One of these mm-hmm. days while they're there? Hopefully. We're going to see one of those pics on Instagram? Is there a city in Latvia? Uh, how big can Latvia be? Right now it's 5.54 in the morning. It's 67 degrees and raining. Okay. Give me the three-day. What's the three-day? It's going to rain all day until 3 o'clock today. Oh, shit. Well, there goes today's beach day. And there's two hours of cloudiness, and then the rain is back. Mm. <laughs> Thunderstorms. It's going to be cloudy and sunny on Wednesday, thunderstorms on Thursday. Oh, you're kidding me. What kind of weather is that for the Fizdales to visit Latvia? It's like the same weather in New York. The likelihood of beach photos of Natasha, KP, and David are slim. (laughs) I don't even know if there are beaches in Latvia. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's probably (laughs) surrounded by land. Fuck. Yeah, how come I feel like, you know, I I consider myself pretty smart and pretty good in geography. How come I feel like... Growing up through school, my entire life, Latvia was just overlooked. Nobody talks about Latvia, Barry. They really don't. No, actually, Latvia do- does have some beaches. It's right on the water. Oh, okay. We should just shut up. We sound so stupid right now. Nobody else knows about Latvia. Don't worry. <laughs> there are beaches, but the, the weather's shitty anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, Craig, you know, you've been wanting me to contribute more to the program. Uh, no, not contribute more. Just I don't want you to be boxed in. All right. Well, I spent like all night last night crafting jokes for this podcast. All night. <laughs> You've got jokes crafted? I've got jokes crafted. All Nick's related jokes crafted. All right. That, that we do a little short segment. My jokes. Uh, okay. Like stand-up? No, not like stand-up. Just some jokes. You could throw them around, you know? You know, we had a review recently. Did I mention this on the last show that... Um, the show is at its best when we're interviewing real people and we, we don't do shtick. <laughs> well, get ready for some shtick. Oh, fuck. All right, well, let's, let's hear what you got. Do I, we right, need hey, a, like an audience laugh track here? Hey, Craig. Hey, Barry. Why did Fizdale start Timmy at the three? Oh, this, I, where's this going? Because he wanted to win the hard away. Oh, man. That's not bad, dude. All right. You want some more? No. Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor who? Ennis can't turn fast enough to defend the pick and roll. That's awful. What else? How many hey, of these are there? All night, Craig. All night. What does Kevin do when he gets locked out of his apartment? Kevin knocks? Kevin Knox. You're going to love this one. Yeah. What do you call a pastry chef in the Middle East? Dude. A pastry chef in the Middle East. 
Yeah. What do you call a pastry chef? In the, are there pastry chefs in the Middle East? Yeah. You know what you call them? An Iran baker. And that's supposed maybe. to be like Ron Baker? Okay, maybe I shouldn't have included that one. Okay, you're going you're gonna to love this one. You're going to love this one. How many more do you have I'm of these, you. I'm Barry. telling you, you're going to love this one. Is this the last one? Yes, my, la- my last one. All right. End on How a high you, note. All right. How do you ask someone if they're cranky in Canada? Moody, eh? <laughs> oh, man, Barry. You know, I, I didn't give you all of them. I did edit myself. I did, you know, I didn't include what I thought were the bad ones, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. Some of them are big stretches, but I applaud your effort. Do you want to hear one of the ones I didn't tell because it was... You know, like, for example, before bad. you get into that, what does Moutier have to do with Canada, other than that it works for that joke? No, because that's how you say it in Canada, right? Don't you just add A to something? Yeah, but he's not Canadian. I didn't say he was Canadian. It's just a play on words, Craig. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to tell you my throwaway joke. Do you know what um, Porzingis does when he's locked out of his apartment? <laughs> yeah, Chris Taps. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know how long it took me to come up with that? How long? Uh, it didn't take me any time. Just right there. What's, what, what's the best one that didn't make the cut? Okay. Buckle up. For this one. <laughs> Did you that's hear the funniest, about... <laughs> that's the funniest thing you've said this whole time. <laughs> Did you hear about Thomas English Muffins closing down their factory? <laughs> Even Mr. so brutal. Oh, my <laughs> God. There's a big lead up for this one. <laughs> Even on, Mr. Start Thomas o- himself. Start over. <laughs> Did you hear about Thomas English Muffins closing <laughs> down their factory? <laughs> Even Mr. Thomas himself couldn't find full-time work at any other factories or bakeries. He started working part-time at a bunch of different places making English muffins. He became a freelance Thomas. Dude, that is the worst thing I've ever heard. You know, I'm just trying to contribute a little something. <laughs> well, you made me laugh. All right, good. All right, uh, for, our, for our guest coming on right now, are you going to stay off of the jokes? Yes, yes, I'll keep to the script. You got it. Box yourself back in. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. On the phone right now, we have NBA insider Jared Zwirling. Thank you for joining us, Jared. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Jared's been everywhere. SI, Bleacher Report, CBS, ESPN, NBA. Where have you not been? Uh, Vogue, uh, Bazaar, GQ. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, all, all the I've been on all, all the men's uh, sports last outside. So. You ready to talk some Knicks? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, Jared, have you heard anything on Joakim Noah? I actually haven't. Been pretty quiet. I, I do see he's growing out of quite the beard there. Looks uh, like right out of an episode of Survivor. Barry and I always say like like a taller version of Tom Hanks from Castaway. <laughs> so I, I I have not heard anything there. Uh, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's interesting when you think about even like a guy like Derrick Rose, where you know these two guys, like only like three, four years ago, were leading the Chicago Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals and going up against LeBron, and they're just sort of like, what's next? You know, where these guys are in their in their lives? It's definitely a, a quick change, um, an abrupt change. I mean, obviously he went through some issues with Jeff Hornacek last year. Um, the, clearly, the injuries though were number one. That was a big impact there that hurt him. 
So curious where this all ends up. I mean, he's still young enough to get a few more years uh, of good skill uh, out, of, out of his uh, out of his skill set, but we'll see. I don't know. It's been kind of an interesting uh, question mark there. Do you think there's any chance that he just is on the team playing as part of the rotation next year? Well, I think that is an intangible. I mean, first of all, off the court and just in practice and what he provides as a leader is always going to be very, very valuable. I mean, the players there last year talked about his voice from the sidelines, you know, his, his vocal leadership, how powerful a voice he has, how well he knows defensive coverages. I mean, today's NBA was so much great offense and space out offense and tough to really guard that on rotations. I mean, obviously he has that acumen to understand how to do that. So whether he plays or not plays will be important, clearly on the court much better. Um, the Knicks, uh, you know, they're going younger. They had a nice draft this year. Mitchell Robinson, another guy that uh, could be a nice surprise. He played well in summer league. Uh, they have some nice young talent. So Joakim Noah, over 30 years old, uh, you know, how much do they want a guy like that around with the age factor with the Knicks around? So, you know, most of the Knicks guys at, at their at their core, at their uh, prime right now are, you know, either mid, early, or late 20s. And so with Joakim in the picture, also the contract is huge. And I'm not sure how that will be uh, approached, but um, – yeah, I hope that he has a comeback. I hope that he there's something left in in his tank. You know, we've all seen what he did, like I said, in Chicago, and you know, being one of the best defensive anchors in the NBA, um, maybe one of the best in NBA history. You know, because what the Bulls did in the playoffs and their success. So hopefully, you want to see him have a nice return if he's able to do it. Jared, what do you think the Knicks have planned, if anything, for the rest of this offseason? Well, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a quiet free agency. You know, LeBron did his thing, and some of the big names Kawhi was traded. We, we, we saw some of those big moves happen. But it's, there's still a bit of a freeze. A lot of players are trying to figure out what's going to happen next. I was just texting with Trevor Booker last week. You know, he said it's one of the hardest free agencies of his career, and that just goes for a lot of guys. You know, the market's more difficult. Not a lot, not a lot of teams this summer have cap space next year yes but only a few have uh, cap space this summer so um you see like Cornell Anthony for example signed for the veterans minimum to play play in Houston and uh so uh, you know the Lakers even didn't have much cap space right you know these guys are signing very short-term deals low low amount deals so it's a tough market I I'm not really sure what uh else will, will be happening I mean you might see for sure a role player here and there but you know they're, they're pretty much set I think they have a nice young Star in the making and Kevin Knox. We saw we did in Vegas. I was out there watching them play, uh, and you know we saw what Mitchell Robinson did. Look, no question, this franchise is going to be around the question of Chris Porzingis, and we're not going to see him back likely till next year, February around around February. So, and then he'll need more games to get uh, competition, the physicality of the league under his belt. So we really won't see a full uh, Chris Porzingis back till. Really, the fall of 2019 after a real, real summer of of like actual training because this is he's still in recovery mode. So, Knicks are it, it's a long haul ahead. That's really what it comes down to. And you know, next summer, <clears throat> excuse me, next summer they'll have more cap space. We'll see what what happens there. But right now, I mean, if you're looking at a a Knicks team that will develop some young talent, and hopefully when Knox Kevin Knox develops, it'll complement Porzingis really well. And, um, you know, we're all, we're all looking at Frank Nicolino. How is this kid going to be a, a two guard? Is he going to be really, uh, a, a, a pass first point guard who can defend? Is he going to be a scoring point guard? We just don't really know yet. Right now, what we know is he's a good three point shooter and catch and shoots when he gets the ball in, in, in free space. 
And we, we know he's a hell of a defender. Kyrie Irving said last year he was one of the best defenders that he faced all year. So we know what he's good at, but how complete can he be as a point guard? It's a point guard league. So if he's not the full round added point guard, there's also going to be a question there as the franchise looks ahead to build a round side. Um, I'm sorry, alongside uh, Porzingis and Knox, because we're going to need a, a point guard in that role. You know, you mentioned how you know it's been tough for the free agents, um, you know, this off season. But what about like moving some of their bets? Like, you know, for example, Courtney Lee. Do you think they try to move him before the season starts? I think he's trade bait. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that's a two way player. Those guys are really valuable, hard to find. Uh, so he'll he's always going to be trade bait. He was in rumors last year as well as with Kyle O'Quinn. Um, but, uh, you know, the Knicks didn't really have at the end of the day much trade bait. I mean, for Courtney Lee to be in a deal, there would have to be some other – to me, it would have to be like a three-team trade, right? I mean, Courtney Lee is – and maybe a pick. I mean, is that that attractive? So, uh, you know, Tim Harwood Jr. has a very big contract, so likely he's not going anywhere. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I would say Courtney Lee is probably going to be staying in New York. Uh, he's well-liked by the franchise. I mean, he's he, – it's interesting. He keeps improving. I mean, if you watched him last year, he went from really more as like a shooter in Memphis than his years before New York, where he was more of a shooter and great defender. But we saw him last year really off the ball, attacking as a dribbler, uh, off uh, off the ball and uh, slashing opportunities, backdoor cuts. So he became a better penetrator. He had some really key games last year. So uh, I, I expect him to be back in New York. I just don't think he has there's enough of a trade scenario around him. Um, so I would say likely to see him back. Jared, we have a question that came in from at J.C. Macri NBA. You just mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. and his big contract. How married do you think the front office is to Timmy as a core piece moving forward? Or do you think they would move him in a second if it meant opening up some salary space? Uh, yeah, I think they'd be open to it. But again, it's a high salary. And... You know, I, I don't know if that's such an attractive move right now in this in this market, uh, in this in this summer market, because of you know teams don't have a lot of cap space. They're trying to build for next summer. Do you want to take on a contract like that? So, um, you know, to Tim's credit, he struggled a little bit last year early on, but he found his groove and really, you know, he he's a Knicks type of player. He has that grit. He has that toughness to him. You know, we all saw what his dad did, Tim Hardaway. Um, you know, former all-star with Miami Heat. You know, he has that, that really that, that flair to play the game. And he keeps improving, too. He's one of those guys, too, that just keeps improving. If you look at his trajectory, I mean, he came into the league as basically a catch-and-shoot guy. Now he's off the dribble, he's defending, he's uh, he's a go-to scorer. So uh, I wouldn't put him in the top eight of shooting guards in the league. You know, I'd say he's probably 10 to maybe 15 uh, of top shooting guards. So... You know, look, at the end of the day, you want to build some stability with this team. Uh, the NBA today has so much turnover. The Knicks just, it has been so much frustration with this organization as to what are they going to do? They keep, you know, they, they keep, um, uh, having a lot of uncertainty around this team. It's clouded and negativity, right? So I, to me, if I'm running the Knicks, keep this team that they have, uh, build some young talent and get, get Porzingis back healthy. And, uh, you know, look at next summer. But um, if the right – look, as we've seen in the NBA, in the history of the NBA, uh, if the right move is there, the team will take it, right? I mean, it's just – the things happen. And most times what you hear in the news, like 99% of it is just rumors. So uh, these things happen sporadically, and uh, if the right thing comes across the table, 
um, then uh, the Knicks might bite. But right now, the Knicks just they're just not there's no, they're not an attractive team in this market for trades. Uh, it's just as simple as that. Yeah. So you know, going off of rumors that we hear all the time is Kyrie Irving and you know how he's stated before they like to play in New York. Um, and then you know there's a recent rumor that he and Jimmy Butler want to join forces together. Um, how likely is it you know especially if they can even get with another accomplished star um, that they would come to New York? And if not New York, where could you see them going? Yeah, I, I think uh, New York is interesting. I mean, I think the the market of, of Porzingis and maybe Kevin Knox and their young talent could be could be an interesting draw. Um, but you know, the, the, to me, to me, it's a vindication mode, meaning, you know, Kyrie missed uh, the last part of last season with the knee surgery, and Hayward missed the whole year from that ankle, horrific ankle injury. So, to me, it's like that vindication to prove that I can do something being the focal point in Boston. Because he went to Boston really to be his own star, you know, to, to leave the shadow of LeBron and, and do his thing. And he had a great start to the year last year. They went, I think, 15-0, and 16-0, and something like that. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the injury happened. So, to me, I think he's in vindication mode where he wants to finish what he started, basically. So, uh, I, one thing about I'll say about New York, and I've covered the Knicks. I used to cover the Knicks for ESPN for four years. We always work in this space of, like, the the, the, the what-if, right? I mean, it's constantly it constantly comes up in the news and the media, like, oh, what if uh, the Knicks got this guy or – the Knicks are in, in the contention with this guy or for this guy. And, like, it just never happens. <laughs> and we've seen this time and time again. So I don't want to get my hopes up, even for myself or for fans in New York, because, you know, this has happened so many times where, you know, some potential move could happen or some space may clear up, and it just never actually happens. So uh, as far as where Kyrie would go is outside Boston, I mean, um, I haven't really put too much thought, to be honest with you. I just think that he's – vindicated and wants to, like I said, finish what he started. And, um, you know, Jimmy Butler will be interesting to see where he ends up. I'm not sure where that's going to go. Uh, his his comments in the press were obviously very blatant that uh, he's not happy with uh, the direction of the team or the mindset of the young guys, really, uh, with their work ethic. So I expect the movement there. I just don't know where. Question coming in from at P. Jackson's brain. Has the league perception of the Knicks front office changed since Perry was brought on board, in your opinion, I mean, you know, he hasn't really had he hasn't really done too much to even validate a grade yet. It's still incomplete. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's really such a short term of analysis to look at, right? Like his, the case study is not much to, to show so far. Um, like even Porzingis was under the Phil Jackson era, so I uh, I would say drafting Kevin Knox though was a great move. Uh, I think fans wanted to see Michael Porter Jr., but we might not see this kid for a while. Uh, so, great draft pick, um, but I think it's still incomplete. I, I don't know what the perception is. You know, the uh, you know, I think uh, the talent in New York is uh, not quite there. Yes, um, there's a room for to improve. Yes, but not not this year. Uh, so, I think after next summer. We'll have a better idea of, of where this team can go. So um, I think it's still vague and clarity right now. Right. So that's the perception as a team. But what about the perception as far as the culture of the Knicks? For instance, KD said this past season that he would never play for the Knicks. Any reason to think that may have changed or 
Is that perception of the culture still the same? I think it goes back to James Dolan. Uh, he's not a respected owner. And that's just been out there for years. I think, uh, um, you know, ownership is a big part of, I think, where teams want to, well, I'm sorry, where players want to play. It's New York. I mean, who doesn't want to play in New York? Unfortunately, it's the organization. They, they've just made a lot of really tough moves uh, in the last 10, 15 years. So, um, and when you think about joining a team, as a, if you're an agent and you want your player to succeed, um, you look at the talent, and there's not really anything to build on right now. You have an injured star in Porzingis, a, a rookie who looks good, Kevin Knox. But beyond that, mostly a lot of average or above average role players. So it's, uh, it, it's hard to kind of push anything there too positive. And that's why I think, like, to, to your question about the culture of the team, also I give it incomplete because we're, we're under a new regime now. Uh, I mean, overall throughout the years, it's probably a C, but right now it's incomplete because we have a new regime in place. And they really haven't had a chance to, to kind of get to business and build. So um, next year, I, I, I know it's, you don't want to hear next year, but to me it is, it is a big part of next year. You know, for next year and, and particularly next offseason, is there anyone in, in your opinion that you see as a realistic target for the Knicks, or at least if not a target for them, who you may think is a good fit for them? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, if you want to bring up Kyrie Irving's name, you know, look, the guy played at St. Patrick's High School in New Jersey, uh, so he's local to New York. Um, you know, I saw I saw Michael Michael K. Gilchrist two weeks ago, here in the, actually last week in New York, with the Charles Horace. They played together in high school. And, uh, you know, they talk, they're very close and they talk about, you know, one day maybe coming together in New York to kind of finish what they started from high school. So the intrigue is there because it's close to Kyrie. You know, it's, it's a place where he really honed his skills and as a, as a high school phenom. So he knows the city well. You know, I, I guess we could put Kyrie into the conversation. I mean, I think it would be an amazing fit, clearly, because you have a big man in Porzingis and Kevin Knox as a wingman some good role players. So clearly point guard is their biggest need. Um, you know, we saw what Kyrie Irving did with Uncle Drew, the movie, how it really elevated his marking appeal to a bigger level. Um, and I think going from Cleveland, where he was sort of sheltered from a marketing standpoint, to then building his brand in Boston, then to go to New York with all that he does off the court, in addition on the court, it would obviously be very appealing to him. Uh, especially with LeBron in L.A., Kyrie in New York, I would see a very interesting storyline to follow all year round where one guy is you know, dominating the West Coast and one guy is dominating the East Coast and former teammates. That would be an amazing storyline. But beyond Kyrie, honestly, I haven't really put too much thought on who that could be. Do you think that you know, LeBron leaving the East plays any role at all in what the Knicks do? Like, for instance, them trying to get more on a fast track with kind of that hole opened a little bit? Or are they just too far away for it to even be a thought as far as the playoffs being too far away for them? Well, I think they're a little far away this year. Um, you know, regardless of what they do, they still have their biggest star hurt. So, you know, I, I think it, whatever, I think they rather just go patient with this process and, and build. Um, you know, I, I, I can't see, I can't see it happening that quickly. Uh, it's a great question though, because you're right. I mean, the piece is, is definitely, are more open now. Um, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of questions you're asking kind of go back to culture. And I think with, with this year coming up, if they can establish a winning culture, like, for example, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, I know they didn't win a lot 
last year, but what they established was a very respected culture. There, every opponent I watched in that gym last year to play the Brooklyn Nets, even I remember when I heard Greg Popovich talk about uh, the San Antonio Spurs coach talk about the Brooklyn Nets, like he said that they were just so well coached. Uh, they were like one of the most uh, overlooked teams in the league, and they you know, they were they they had a culture. You know, they play hard every night, and they have a lot of great young talent. I'm excited to see what they do under Star Marks. The Knicks, yes, they may not win a lot of games, but if they can establish a respected culture, um, you know, that that goes a long way because then it shows to people around the league that they just need one or two pieces to fit the the mold and connect the dots into that culture. So The coach is going to help a lot with that, right? Exactly. And Dave Fizzell brings that pedigree from the Heat, you know, having won championships there with LeBron and Wade. So, yeah, that all helps with the culture. So I think if they can establish that and, um, you know, walk into gyms and, yeah, they might lose a couple games or they might lose, you know, 15 games, 20 games. But if they are in games till the fourth quarter and losing by two points, a couple points, you know, that, that'll go a long way instead of them being blown out every night. So they can do they can do some things this year to kind of establish themselves back in the East and show that we're we're, we're doing the right things. And that'll, that'll intrigue other players to join that, to join that movement. Uh, but there's still a year or two away. There's no, way, no question about that. I mean, yes, LeBron left and the East is more open, but – you still got a very top-heavy three teams with the Raptors, Pictures, and Celtics. So, and then the Pacers look good. They're going to be good. Oladipo, man, he's going to be a stud. The Wizards, you know, will get better with Dwight Howard. But the East, you know, you know, there's there's still uh, the Bucks with Giannis. He's still not terrible. So, you know, we'll see. Last question, Jared: Is Mitchell Robinson going to be the greatest player ever? <laughs> man. Four or four, five blocks a game in Vegas, right? Man, I'll tell you what, that's exactly what New York, what New York Knicks fans want. So uh, he'll be a fan favorite. If he can keep, keep doing that, uh, he'll be a fan favorite. Him and um, him down low and in transition, running the court, dunking. Because he has that, like, that Clint Capella speed, you know, that full court, uh, open court speed. So if he can block oh, the yeah. shots, run on the court, do a couple alley-oops from, uh, from Frank or Tim, you know, the guards, that would, that would be a nice little, that would be nice for the garden right there. All right, Jared, I think you've put all Knicks fans back in perspective. <laughs> I feel like I just made them feel even worse. Oh, yeah, I don't feel too great after this call. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I do not see much um, activity this year. But if I'm wrong, um, you can tweet me, let me know. <laughs> Tell me how, how bad I am. Knicks fans are going to be disappointed next offseason? Uh, disappointed. I would say no. I think that um, I think the Knicks are, are back in some sense. I, I, I think I think Kevin Knox is going to be a really good player, so um, they're, they're going to be excited to watch this kid. Um, so I would I would say no. All right, there you have it. Thank you, Jared. We appreciate it. No problem. All right, Barry. There you have it, Jared. Uh, bringing Knicks fans, you know, back to earth, keeping them in check. Right. Right. I was feeling really positive about everything. Now I don't know what to think. Guys, if Jared's wrong, feel free to tweet at him. At Jared's Whirling. Right, Barry? What's going on, Barry? (laughs) Sorry, I had nothing. You you want to be unboxed? We can unbox you. (laughs) Let's unbox you again. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. Want to thank Jared's Whirling again. He was great. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Twitter, at hardnickslife. You can call us, right, Barry? That's call right. 516-33-MESH-1. Call us, leave a voicemail. Call us, tell us your name. 
Tell us how long you've been a Knicks fan. Tell us it's a hard Knicks life and you can be featured on one of our Opens. Yeah, we'll put you right in the show. Preseason starts October 1st, Barry. Schedule just came out. That's right. That's only... How far away is that, Barry? Tell us. How many days? Um, Oh, man. Okay, so where are we? July? July 23rd. October. So that's like less than three months because that will put us to the end of October. Actually, okay, so it's closer than I thought. So two months. um, Uh It's October 1st, right? So that's probably, what, about eight eight days, seven, eight days? So I'm going to say two months, eight days, or two months. How about this? Two months, seven days, and probably uh, 21 hours. Right, depending on when everyone's listening to this. True. Well, until next time, guys, it is a hard Knicks. Barry, I was waiting for you to join me in like you tried to last time. It didn't work last time. I figured we'd put the kibosh on it. Now you want me to join in? Let's try it. And let's sing it. How does that sound? Okay. You take the um, melody. I'll do the harmony. All right. Until next time. It is is a hard Nick's Nick's life. Should we sing that again? Yeah. It's a hard, a hard Knicks. Knicks. <laughs> oh my god, we sound like two dying fucking somethings. Take three. Take three. It is it a hard, is a hard <laughs> Dude, I can't do this, man. Until next time, it's a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.